Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does on Friday afternoons when we talk about tech things, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Very pithy. Thank you. So uh, today we wanted to uh, to have a little chat. Yes, actually, we wanted to have a little chat about a chat protocol uh, or a, a chat system that predates the World Wide Web. And this uh, this is a request from Charles and also from Christopher. These are two independent requests. Uh, both Charles and Christopher wanted to hear a little more about IRC or Internet Relay Chat. Yeah, um, actually, it, it dates back to 1988. Yes. So this is a uh, pretty, pretty uh, robust protocol to have made it, uh, you know, good. Almost 22 years now. It's uh, August of 1988 is when it started to uh, make its appearance, and um, 
As a matter of fact, that's that was sort of my introduction to the Internet, and I say sort of because it wasn't exactly IRC. Um, I became acquainted with using online services through a similar system uh, called BitNet Relay Chat. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of the founders of, uh, of IRC, and I'm probably totally mispronouncing this, um, Yarko... Arkanen, who uh, is a Finn, uh, he uh, apparently took some of his direction from using BitNet chat. Um, and the two systems really aren't all that different, but uh, it, is a, it is a much different system, uh, or at least it's a different protocol from what you would see for so many of the other different uh, Internet uh, uses. Right. Uh, and leading up to IRC, before that, there was a, a uh, program called Talk. Oh, yeah, I and, remember Talk. And Talk was really, it, it's like what would happen if you were to phone someone and uh, it's just a regular phone line. And so it's two people, one person on either end, and that's the extent of that conversation. Yes. That was uh, the limitation of Talk. And, uh, and really, the um, uh, I'm not even going to try and say his name because my finish is terrible. I'd be yeah. finished myself. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, our our intrepid inventor thought, well, why should we be limited to having two people in a single discussion when the internet really gives you the opportunity to connect with people all over the world? Why does it need to be a direct connection between two? We, we could have a centralized connection where a connecting point where, where thousands of people potentially could join in and have a conversation. Yeah, systems like talk and uh, other early different um, communication protocols like YTalk and XYZZY. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're seriously talking like your, your whole screen would essentially look like uh, a divided window. Uh, and and two chats, you would see what the other person was typing, and uh, they weren't. It wasn't even integrated like AIM or uh, ICQ or any of the other chat services that are in use today. It's like this is everything your friend has said, and this is everything you have said in reply. So you could go back and forth between the other, and um, and gradually, yeah, the the idea of of internet relay chat actually would divide it up and divide up the service into different channels, and uh, you know. Theoretically, you could be talking about, you know, a whole different conversation on one channel where from the people who are talking in other channels. So it's it's basically one service where everybody goes and you can go from channel to channel and talk about whatever is the topic of the day or topics of the day are. And depending on uh, on when you used IRC, because it did evolve over time. That's Significantly, true. in fact. Oh, absolutely, You yes. could occupy multiple channels at one time, uh, depending on the client. Uh, client is an important thing that we should talk about very quickly. Uh, so you've got a server that's hosting this program, the IRC program. Mm-hmm. In order to access that information, in order to be able to participate in these conversations, you as a user would need to have a client. And uh, there were different ways of getting clients. Uh, if, if you could compile a client, get a sort, get source code, and compile your own client if you were using a Unix-based system, um, which would require a, a level of, of tech savvy that is beyond my own means. But just because I've never used a Unix system, um, you've never used Unix. Well, 
I mean, that's being that's not entirely true. But I've never I was gonna say. I thought you had. I've never I've never owned a you know any sort of machine or worked exclusively on a Unix based machine. I've worked my time with Unix has been very limited. I understand. So uh, so I would not be able to do this. I, I just don't have that knowledge. I mean, it's not that I couldn't learn. I just if you sat me down in front of a computer right now, I'd be like, uh, help. <laughs> or maybe slash help. Uh, so, but once you had a client that, to access this, then you could go and uh, and start having a conversation with other people. Now, some people have have a little difficulty grasping the whole client concept, but I'll, I'll give you a very simple. Uh, analog to that, mm-hmm. your web browser is essentially a client. It's a client that lets you access the World Wide Web. Yeah, I, I think this is a good time to remind people, too, that um, uh, the web is only part of the Internet. The right. Internet itself is, is a network of networks. It is and more or less with the multiple protocols network, running on yeah, it, hundreds of them actually yeah you've got uh, you've got your mail protocols you have the world wide web um, you can still do things like use gopher or waste or uh, irc or you know all these different usenet. other things yeah usenet and uh, you know we should do a podcast on that yeah we should um, but uh, but yeah i mean it, there there are a number of things that that uh, travel over the internet and IRC is just one of those protocols um, that can be used that way. So yeah, you need in order to do to actually access that service though, you need a program uh, that can understand that traffic and make it into something useful for you. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of ones and zeros. So back when IRC was was uh, really pretty young. Um, mm-hmm. You would be using one of these clients that you would have to have installed on your computer. You would have to have either built it or uh, had someone else build it for you. Uh, today, it's a little different. You can actually find clients that are built into web pages yeah. so that you could go to a web page and log into an IRC uh, chat area um, and you never have to worry. Uh, you know, It does all the work for you. All the, all the coding and everything is is essentially hidden away from you, and you can just log in. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the commands are all going to be intuitive to you, because the com- no. it turns out there are lots and lots of different commands that you can use within IRC while you are um, having conversations. And some of them are very basic things, like being able to create a channel so that you have a separate channel that you can you can go into and have other people go into if you want to take part of a conversation uh, away from the main room that you're in. Mm-hmm. The, the idea here being that perhaps maybe you and three other people you find out are all huge fans of, uh, of a particular book series, let's say. Yes. But that the room in general doesn't have that interest. Well, the polite thing to do would be to create a room specifically for you and your three new book friends to go to and have a conversation that doesn't uh, doesn't interrupt the flow of the general conversation. Yeah, in IRC, it's considered pretty rude to have off-topic Conversations now. There are some channels that are are generic, yeah, um, kind of free for all. Yeah, and um, usually on. Uh, well, I was going to get into to some more depth on this. Let's let's just say usually there is something called a, a channel called talk or chat. Th- these are very very generic. But if you were, um, and and they also often have a, a, a description that goes along with it. So you might have a channel for, say, Terry Pratchett. Let's go with an author. Okay. Your channel would want to – you'd want to do something descriptive and, 
you know, generally in the title of the uh, of the channel, the the channel name, uh, you would often see the topic or a topic with a little descriptive material like, you know, Terry Pratchett, the greatest author ever or something or like that. Or it might just be as something as simple as hashtag Pratchett fans. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, that that's something else to remember too. Is the uh, the hashtag is generally what shows you the uh, that it's a channel name, right? Which is important both for the command and uh, to identify where you are in IRC. Yeah, because it can get kind of confusing. I mean, y- you also create a nickname when you go to an IRC chat room. So, you know, you might have one assigned to you, or you can always choose your own. Some of them even allow you to register your nickname. Uh, it uses a thing called NickServe, which disappeared for a while mm-hmm. off of IRC. It was uh, hosted in Germany for a while, then disappeared, and then came back. Um, which is, It's really just an administrative system that, that keeps nicknames and passwords together so that you can reserve a nickname. Because, of course, otherwise what will happen is if you log off, then anyone else could log on, choose the same nickname you use, and then that can cause confusion, whether it's intentional or not, right? Right. That, like if you have a like you want your nickname to be Optimus Prime or something. Okay. Where it's you know well something where it's really identifiable and presumably more than one person could choose it just you know just by chance, not necessarily by design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, I've I've had that happen to me on different channels. And um, again, in the now is a good time to point that out. Um, there are actually a number of different uh, servers that that take uh, different IRC protocols. So um, there is not one standard IRC that is roaming around the world. And apparently in the past um, 22 years or so, there have been disputes between people who are running IRC. So you have, uh, you know, the IRC net, uh, which is uh, which is part of the original group. And then you have EF net. Uh, I remember Undernet also being a very, very large uh, group of IRC uh, folks and they have they also maintain multiple servers in those groups and from what I can tell uh, it appears that from time to time the people behind those uh, services have maybe butted heads with one another because when I started looking up commands I noticed they were different some of the commands were different than what I had remembered I imagine that's probably because they have updated that but I understand that um, having multiple nicknames and the way to deal with those has also been been an issue between d- the different uh, server organization groups the networks of IRC servers sure so they they may be running slightly different versions of you know the IRC protocol and when you have these issues. Like, let's say that I logged into IRC and realized that the mm-hmm. handle I wanted has been taken by another user. And may, let's say even that I've used that handle in the past on IRC. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. I mean, you can message the person and say, hey, dude, that's uh, that's kind of my nickname. Um, I'm kind of known for that nickname. Do you mind logging off so I can have it? Because you can't take someone's name you can't take someone else's name if they are currently logged into the system. Right. You could add a number at the end. So, you know, I could become John Strickland 1 or John Strickland 2 or something like that, but I wouldn't be able to be John Strickland um, if someone had already taken that name on IRC. Right. If I had, if I had not been able to register it. Uh, so that uh, the same thing goes for channels. Let's say you want to create a channel and someone's already taken the channel name that you wanted. It's the exact same sort of situation. You'd have to message that person and ask them nicely if they would relinquish that channel name for you to be able to use it. Yeah. Uh, And if they say no, then, you know, that's kind of tough luck for you. Uh, It's not like 
someone taking a nickname or taking a channel name is a bootable offense. You know, someone they're not going to get an administrator to boot that person. So there's certain basic commands that everyone has access to. Yes, more or less, mm-hmm. depending on the, the the version of IRC you're in. But things like slash nick, oh, and they all have slashes that, that precede the, the command. Yeah, if you just type, if you just start typing when you're in a channel, everyone in the room is going to see the message, that, the words that you are typing. Right. Uh, as soon as you hit return. Yeah. Uh, it's not real time like so that. So if you leave that slash out, instead of the command that you were hoping to execute, you're going to, it'll be as if you said, quote unquote, said that in the room. Yeah. So a forward slash precedes uh, the command and then any strings that you need to include after that. Of course, you would want to leave a space in between. So right. So if I wanted to create my nickname, mm-hmm. I would do slash n i c k space John Strickland. Yes, and that would change my whatever my generic login name was to John Strickland. Yep. And then um, if you wanted to join uh, the tech stuff channel, uh, you would do slash join. And then a space, hashtag, tech stuff. Right. And that's and, how you would join the channel. And there are other basic commands like quit. Clearly, that would make you quit out of the IRC client. Uh, help, which would get you more information. Who is, which would give you information about a particular uh, person logged in under a handle. You do, you know, the slash who is, all one word, W-H-O-I-S, mm-hmm. and put in the name, which may or may not give you uh, a good amount of information. All depends on how the person's set his or her uh, account, or who was even yes. work. Mm-hmm. If the person has recently changed the nickname or disappeared, um, slash away lets people know that you are not paying attention to what's going on in the chat room at that time. So maybe you know have to get up and go to the restroom, or make a cup of coffee, or put out a fire, or walk a dog, or apologize profusely to a spouse. Then that would be a good thing to put so that people know that you're not paying attention to. to the screen. I'm sorry. Uh, what? That last one happens a lot to me. <laughs> um, and but then there and and oh, I should also say uh, there's also a way of sending private messages to people. You can do slash msg mm-hmm. and then a message, and that sends it instead of going to the room in general, it'll send it straight to um, another person. Yeah, that's embarrassing because I thought that uh, that was the way to put monosodium so glutamate into a person. Yeah. yeah, so you were like you were like frantically trying to poison people and it turns out you were just saying hi. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, then there, and if uh, they were rebuffing my attempts to uh, poison them with MSG, uh, they could be slash ignoring me. Yes, uh, that is a very useful uh, uh, command if you ever run into trolls the, and, you know, you don't, maybe the, the administrator of that channel, the, the operator of that channel doesn't necessarily care if there's a trollish person in there. Uh, ignore is your friend. Yes. And and if you are a channel operator, if you're the person who owns the administrative power of that channel, you have other commands that are at your disposal, including mm-hmm. things like, uh, you know, usually there's a kick command yes. where you mm-hmm. can kick people from the room if they're being really obnoxious. Um, and along with other ones, you can even ban people from a room. And sometimes there's different settings, like you can ban uh, that one user, or you can ban anyone from that particular user's domain. <laughs> it can mm-hmm. get pretty nasty, um, depending on the the uh, the rights that the the channel op has. And uh, also, you can accidentally, or well, you can give other people uh, operator rights as yes, well. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, you can give other people operator rights and relinquish your own rights, and then next thing you know, you're at the whim of somebody else. 
Yes. And there are even ways where, uh, I mean, if, if people trick you into typing a certain kind of string, that's essentially what happens. You give over the right of, not only of the channel, but you could actually give over the uh, ability to control the client. And the person could control your IRC client. You could you could accidentally relinquish control if you uh, if you posted the right command in there. I, you know, honestly, I'd never heard of that happening. Yeah, it's um, it's actually if you look at there's a couple of really good IRC uh, frequently asked question files out there on the mm-hmm. on the web, and a few of them will tell you they don't tell you specifically what the string is, but they will say you know do not if someone gives you a a string of seemingly random commands and says you need to type this in because it'll you know solve your problem or whatever, you should not just automatically do that because there are commands that can end up coming back to haunt you when you hand over, essentially you, you hand the steering wheel over to a maniac. Yes. And then they laugh at you and say, ha ha, we tricked you and now, you know, all your base belong to us. Someone set us up the bomb. Speaking of which. Yes. Should we mention bots? Bots, yeah. All right. So bots are, an, that's an automated program, an automated, yes. uh, uh, essentially it's like, it's like a script, really. a script, yeah. And it's a script that often takes the form of what looks to be a normal IRC chatter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and basically they can, they can stay in the channel. Say if, if you own a very popular channel, um, and you don't want to lose control of it, but everyone's going to bed, uh, your bot could be sitting in there for you. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, a bot can can automatically be uh, configured to give people uh, operator privileges. Yeah, you can so, actually you know, like certain can, people can you know your buddies, your your uh, most trusted buddies, when they pop in, it'll automatically give them ops, and then as soon as they do that, you know they're running a channel even when you're not there. Yeah, you can script a bot to do lots of different things. It doesn't have to just. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to just sit there. Yeah. In other words, like you know, the reason, as Paulette was pointing out, the reason why you would want to have a bot sit there would be so that you could hold on to a certain channel name and you wouldn't have to worry about someone stealing it once you logged off. You would have a, a squatter, essentially. Yeah. But you could also give a bot, like I, I've seen, um, there's one IRC ch- uh, chat room I occasionally go into that has a bot that what its main purpose is to scan for uh, for any instance of foul language. So it yeah. it essentially is is uh, scanning everyone's lines, and if words that match up to its database of naughty words pop up, it automatically boots you from the room. So if you were to say something that was you know like if you were to to to, to say an obscenity, type in an obscenity and and into the main room, uh, it would notice it and kick you from the room. Um, other things that it would kick you for are things like if you typed in all caps, <laughs> because that's the equivalent of shouting online. I mean, in text-based chat rooms, all uppercase is like you're yelling. And just like any other party, no one wants to be around the guy or, or girl who is screaming at the top of his or her lungs uh, and thinks it's funny. Yes, that is correct. I can say that specifically after working for now, as of the time of recording this podcast, five weekends at the Renaissance Festival, <laughs> the loud ones are the ones that always think they are the funniest people, and they are always wrong. <laughs> Unless it's me. Right. There is that exception to the rule. So if you wanted to join IRC, you don't have to really do all that much. As long as you're on the Internet, you should be able to... Uh, you know, choose a client. There are many, many free 
IRC clients, or as Jonathan pointed out earlier, you can go on the web to certain sites uh, and access from there. Um, you know, there are there are clients also that you can pay for as shareware clients. If if you're really uh, really getting into the IRC thing, they might have special, you know, specially configured windows that you can use that just make life easier. Um, and uh, they're you know they're pretty neat. You can even you can even find them for uh, smartphones now. Mm-hmm. Um, although I wouldn't recommend. IRC and driving at the same time. Actually, I wouldn't recommend being on IRC on a mobile phone anyway because it's teeny tiny. It's so hard to keep up with, especially if you if you tend to frequent rooms that have a lot of of people in them. Yes, and the one I was talking about earlier, it. It often has more than a hundred, and sometimes more than four hundred, and at peak times, nearly a thousand people in it. Wow! Uh, on a that's on pretty a significant for an IRC chat room. Yeah, this is a specific chat room that's a, a, a fan chat room for a, uh, a technology podcast that I, oh, I see. I listen to while they're doing it live. Right. Unlike unlike our technique, where we pre-record everything and no one gets to hear it while we're doing it, this other podcast they stream it live and then upload the. Um, the, the actual podcast. Right. I think I know the, the one that you're talking about. It's the one I got to be a guest host on. Right. It should be a buzz out loud for CNET. Might as well go ahead and say it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, occasionally I'll be in the uh, that IRC chat room. And uh, I've tried to log in through my phone before. And the problem, of course, is there's two problems. One, it's really tiny, so it's mm-hmm. hard to read. But also, uh, because the chat room is scrolling so quickly and because my phone is just occasionally getting updates through the cell tower, because I'm not, I don't have the Wi-Fi turned on necessarily. Um, you know, the, the the updates come in little uh, in little bursts. Mm-hmm. So not only are lots and lots of people talking, but I'm getting them, you know, all at once, and so everything scrolls off the the screen. And there might be something that I was trying to read that was referenced to me, and then you know, I, I have maybe a couple seconds to to read it and process it before it's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's kind of a frustrating experience. Another frustrating experience with IRC. Something else that can happen is net splitting. Oh yes, you know you're familiar with the net splits. Net splits are terrible. Yeah, that that. Uh- uh, that actually used to happen to me on BitNet as well, where yeah. part of the uh, well, if you remember our uh, podcast a little while ago on how the internet works, essentially we went through the internet, the internet infrastructure. Uh, you know, everything is connected to everything else, and multiple redundant connections. And then every once in a while, uh, part of the net gets separated from the other part of the net. And, and they have to find an alternate route to move that data through. And But in the meantime, there's an interruption in service. Yes, and you're going, what happened? Yeah, net splits, uh, from the from your perspective, if you're in an IRC chat room and a, and a net split happens, it seems really weird. It seems like tons of people just left the room for no apparent reason. Yes. Not everybody, because uh, the way IRC works is that there's it's actually a network. Each IRC, there's there are like multiple IRC networks on multiple servers. Yes. And you're not all on the same server, even if you're on the same network. So you could all be on the same channel chatting, but you're not necessarily all logged into the same server. You're logged into the same network. So there might be some people that are logged onto one server on the West Coast. You're logged into another server on the East Coast of, of you know, I'm talking about the United States, but really this applies anywhere. And let's say that uh, the connections between those two servers get severed for some reason. Something uh, somewhere along the pathway fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you would each be in your own instance of that network, uh, uh, that channel. And to you, it looks like half the room just disappeared. The other half's still there chatting, but you're like, where did everyone else go? Yes. They're the same way, except they're on the other side. They're like, where did everybody, where did all those guys go? Once the connections get uh, um, corrected, you know, once the data finds a new path to follow, everything gets reabsorbed, and suddenly the room is is what its normal size again. There's, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's together. Uh, it can be very frustrating, particularly like I was saying, you know, that that CNET one that I go to. When net splits happen, uh, I'm always on the server that is not with the main room, not, yes. not with like the all the hosts and all the most of the people who with whom I chat. They are fine. They're all together. Me and like five other folks, you know, are sitting there twiddling our thumbs and thinking, I bet there's lots of funny stuff being talked about right now, but I can't see it. You think they're trying to tell you something? I have no idea. But at any rate, there's no way for you to correct it on your end. No, you have to wait you for really the, do. Yeah, you have to wait till the data can find a new path. Um, and I really did not have a lot of experience with IRC until fairly recently because, uh, as it turns out, you know, you said that IRC was kind of your introduction to the Internet. Yeah. My introduction was Telnet. I was using Telnet protocol wow. to Telnet into chat rooms. So you okay, yeah. you would log in remotely to some computer that's running a chat room program. Uh, so it's different from the the IRC network model. And so uh, it's a totally different set of, of commands as well, which was made it very confusing for me when I first started using IRC because I was thinking about the old Telnet commands. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can always tell a Telnetter on an IRC, or you, at least you used to. It doesn't happen as much now. But you could always see, because they would say things like, Say hi there. I you know, like they would actually. They're typing in the command that you would normally have to type in, te- type in Telnet in yeah. order to say something. Yeah. And all the IRCers are like, "Look at this bozo! Doesn't know he doesn't have to type say or you know doing a, a quotation mark at the front of his sentence." And so yes, I was that bozo. I still am that bozo. It's just that now I know better. Well, it does. Ex- Never mind. Yeah. Um, that's like the the big red nose. Yes. And, and exactly. The fact that every day I play the grand prize game at my cubicle. Yes. Anyhow, uh-huh. yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually quite impressive. I think in a lot of ways that this uh, this chat protocol is still as popular as it is, um, but it doesn't show any t- any signs of uh, of falling by the wayside anytime soon. As a matter of fact, all the uh, just about all of the major um, multi protocol chat clients offer an IRC option, right? So and we didn't uh, even go into the fact that you can you can use IRC to send. Files, even if you oh, wanted that's true. to, that's true. Um, we're, we were mainly talking about the chat aspect, but there, there's a lot more to it than what we're going into. We're just talking about the the main use that, or I think the the most popular use for IRC, which is to to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a good conversation right there, and we're going to wrap it up. I do not have any listener mail to follow it up with. I, I've got tons of listener mail, don't get me wrong, but they're all asking for uh, for a podcast on a specific topic, so it's it's nothing that we could address very quickly. Right. So we're just going to wrap this up. Thanks a lot for that request. It was a, a fun thing to talk about. We like looking at the history of the internet and the, the early protocols that are still around yeah, um, and the early uses. So keep those requests coming in and uh, Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com and be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. 
brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.